Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church. Well, today we're continuing our message series, Jesus the Messiah. Now, the title Messiah means the anointed one, the one anointed as King of Kings. And as we learn more about Jesus this Christmas season, God wants to move our hearts to worship Jesus the Messiah. Now, today our message is entitled, Jesus' Birth Foretold. Now, of course, Christmas is a celebration of Jesus' birth. It's less than two weeks away this year. And Christmas can be a, a crazy time of year with lots of busyness that does not have a lot to do with Jesus. And this year, 2020, really has been an unusual year in many respects. And so Christmas will really be unique this year. To put this Christmas 2020 into perspective, I'd like us to watch a short video, which is called Adore Him. So let's use this Christmas season, unusual as it is, to take some time to reflect, to worship, and to adore Jesus the Messiah. Because truly, Jesus is the reason for the season. And even though the Christmas story is very familiar to most of us, it's, it's truly an amazing, miraculous story. And my prayer is that as we go through this series, God will speak to us and cause our hearts to be moved towards Jesus in a fresh way. Now that baby boy born 2,000 years ago was the Messiah born to be king. Let's read from Psalm chapter 2 the importance of the Messiah beginning in verse 2. It says, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So in these verses, the Lord is God the Father, and his anointed is Jesus Christ the Messiah. Many we can Safely say, most earthly leaders of nations are not believers. They do not wish to submit their governments or their authorities to the rule of Jesus. In fact, they conspire together to resist God's authority and God's people. And we see this today in America and around the world. Laws are being made, edicts being pronounced that are contrary to God's word and God's rule. 
Now we may be tempted to become anxious or worried about the state of our nation and the state of our world, but how should we respond? How does God respond? Let's look at Psalm 2 verse 5. It says, Then he, the Lord, will speak to them, the rulers, in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. And so God's king is Jesus Christ, and he is the one who truly reigns today. And those who oppose his reign will eventually face his judgment. No matter who is the leader of our country or our state, Jesus is still the king to whom we owe all of our allegiance. And so this Christmas, let's take time this morning throughout the season to worship Jesus the king. And as we do that, it will bring peace and rest to our souls. Christmas is also a time when we can speak to others about the birth of the Messiah that changed history forever. Let's ask God for opportunities to do that. Now this morning we're going to look at some amazing Old Testament prophecies that foretold the birth of Jesus the Messiah in amazing detail. And we're going to see how those prophecies apply to our lives today. So let's begin with Jesus' supernatural birth. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 13 says, And he said, Hear then, O house of Israel, or house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So this prophecy by Isaiah was given 700 years before Christ's birth. It was given to the wicked King Ahaz of Judah who had led the people into idolatry. King Ahaz had even sacrificed his own sons to pagan gods. Isaiah was instructed by God to King Ahaz to give King Ahaz a warning and a promise. The warning was that if he and Judah did not turn from their sin and obey God, they would be taken into captivity. But if they repented and trusted God, their enemies would fail. Now the Lord offered King Ahaz to name any supernatural sign and God would give it to verify his word. But King Ahaz refused to name a sign. The king had already made up his mind to seek his help from Assyria rather than from the Lord. Knowing that King Ahaz would soon suffer defeat and judgment, the Lord himself gave a supernatural sign as described in the verses that we just read. This prophecy had two amazing and supernatural features. First of all, a virgin would conceive. Now, in a natural sense, this is and has always been impossible. Conception requires a human father and mother. Secondly, the name of the son, born of the virgin, would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so this son of virgin birth would be the divine son of God. And this sign prophesied to King Ahaz would not come to pass for 700 years. But we read it coming to pass in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so the Gospel of Matthew describes how Mary, a virgin, conceived through the Holy Spirit. In these verses, Matthew writes that the supernatural conception of Jesus was prophesied in Isaiah 7:14. Matthew's account continues in verse 24. It says, When Joseph woke from his sleep, as he, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so the angel enlightened 
Joseph to the supernatural virgin conception by the Holy Spirit and not by a human father, and he then proceeded to marry his betrothed. But these verses make it clear that Mary remained a virgin until Jesus was born. The details of the birth of Jesus the Messiah were prophesied by Isaiah as being a supernatural birth, one of a kind, never seen before or ever again. Not only did a virgin conceive, but the child was fully human and fully divine. God himself had taken on human flesh, a supernatural birth, unable to be explained by science, as science cannot explain miracles. Now, each year, fewer Americans believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Why? I guess it's because it's not scientifically possible. The Bible is full of supernatural miracles that do not follow the scientific laws of nature. In fact, God himself cannot be explained by scientific laws and theories. Faith believes in what God has revealed of himself in God's word, even though we cannot prove it scientifically or see it with our eyes. The supernatural virgin birth of Jesus is absolutely essential in understanding how Jesus came into the world and his nature as the one and only God-man. We'll be talking more about that next Sunday. Now, if Jesus was born naturally of a human mother and father, then he would just be human. He would have been a sinner like all the rest of us and unable to save anyone, including himself. There are so many questions to ponder about the supernatural birth. Now, none of which we have any full answers, but as we ponder, we can choose to believe in this wonderful mystery. We might ask questions like, what must it have been like for Jesus to come from heaven into the womb of a human mother? How did Jesus grow and develop as God and man at the same time? What was it like to grow up as the son of God with two human flawed parents? How does Jesus' great love for us fit in with his decision to come to earth as a baby? And we could go on and on with these really unanswerable questions. And yet, as we meditate, we can choose to believe and worship God whose plan is beyond our understanding. Now, Jesus was born by God's plan. Numbers 24, 15 says, And he took up his discourse and said, The oracle of Balaam, the son of Beor, the oracle of the man whose eye is opened. And so our next prophecy that we're going to study is by the prophet Balaam. Now, the most famous story about Balaam is about his talking donkey who saved the prophet's life. In fact, that story was about Balaam's journey to prophesy for a king named Balak. King Balak gave Balaam money to pronounce curses on Israel, but all Balaam could speak were blessings. And Balaam's final oracle or prophecy about Israel was the following verse in Numbers 24, 17. He said, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. And so Balaam prophesied that in the distant future, a ruler would come from Israel. He says that a star would come out of Jacob. And this future ruler would not just rule Israel, but would destroy the enemies of God's people. Now the second part of this Prophecy will only occur at the Messiah's second coming, and yet, as we'll see in the New Testament, a star did announce the Messiah's birth. Second prophecy is from Micah 5, verse 2, about the Messiah. It says, But you, O Bethlehem, 
Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Now the prophet Micah also prophesied about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Micah pinpoints the exact town that the Messiah would be born in, Bethlehem. Not the capital city, Jerusalem. Bethlehem was a small village, but from it would come the ruler of Israel. And yet this ruler would be from old, ancient days. In other words, the Messiah would come into existence or be born in Bethlehem, but he would have existed from ancient days or eternity. You see, Jesus the Messiah has always existed as the Son of God, as part of the Trinity with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Matthew tells us in chapter 2, verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And so here we have the familiar story of the wise men who followed the star to the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem. They'd undoubtedly read the prophecies of Balaam and Micah and were led by the Spirit to come and worship the newborn king, the Messiah. Now when Herod the king heard that wise men from the east had come to Jerusalem looking for a newborn king, he was very upset. Herod was not interested in having another king around, and so he inquired of the Jewish scribes where this king would be born. Well, they, knowing their Old Testament, quickly found the prophecy in Micah. And they told him in Matthew 2, verse 5, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so God's plan for the birth of Jesus had been set in motion hundreds of years before it happened. I believe God's plan for Jesus' birth had been devised before the creation of the world. Every aspect of God's plan had been carefully executed and fitted completely with the prophecies of the Old Testament. Jesus, the Messiah, was born by God's plan. Now, just as God had a plan for Jesus' birth, so he has a plan for Jesus' return to the earth. And we live today, the year 2020, in what the Bible calls the last days, the time between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. And even though God's plans for our lives are not recorded in the Bible, I believe that God has the complete plans for our lives laid out in heaven. We do know God has a book called the Book of Life that contains the names of every true believer in Jesus the Messiah. And just as God had planned every aspect of Jesus' life from birth through ministry, death, and resurrection, so God has his plan for your life. And even if you've got off track on God's plan, he's got a way for you to get back on track. And so this Christmas, God wants you to worship him for the wonderful plan he had to bring Jesus into the world. Jesus came into the world for you and for me, not just so that we could be saved, but so that we could carry out God's plan for our lives as believers. Seek to live every day of your life according to God's plan, and he will bless you. Finally, Jesus was born to be king. 2 Samuel 7:16 says, And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. 
Now, after King David became king of Israel, the prophet Nathan gave this prophetic promise we just read to David. And the promise has two aspects. The first is that the kingdom of God's people that David ruled over would last forever, people of faith. Secondly, a descendant of David will rule over this kingdom forever. And we see these prophecies fulfilled, not in the life of David, but in the birth of Jesus. Matthew 1 verse 1 says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so Matthew traces Jesus' genealogy back to David and ultimately to Abraham. And this speaks of Jesus' human aspect. Luke does the same thing with his genealogy in Luke chapter 3, tracing Mary back to David's line as well. Paul writes in Romans 1 verse 3 concerning his son who has who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so in these verses, Paul clearly shows us the human and divine nature of Jesus. According to his human nature, Jesus was a descendant of David, but he was declared to be the divine son of God when the spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Now, Jesus was always the Son of God from birth, but his resurrection proved to the world that he was not merely human, but was eternal. Let's look again to the prophet Isaiah to, to see some of the characteristics of the Messiah born to be king. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so the Messiah would be born. He would be human. And he will be a ruler or king as the government will be upon his shoulder. We see four wonderful names of the Messiah listed here. First of all, Counselor. Counselor is also the name of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. The Messiah will be divine as his name is Mighty God. The next name of the Messiah is Everlasting Father, the first person of the Trinity. And finally, he is the Prince of Peace, destined to bring everlasting peace to each person saved and to our entire world. Isaiah prophesies again in chapter 11, verse 1, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And so Isaiah again makes clear that the Messiah shall come from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was David's father. And then Isaiah gives seven names of the Messiah representing the sevenfold Holy Spirit that anointed the Messiah. The seven names represent the complete anointing that Jesus had as he was baptized with the Holy Spirit at his water baptism. Jesus was born to be the eternal King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, as we meditate on, on these names of Jesus the Messiah, we, we're inspired to worship. But these names are more than just the names of the Messiah. These names are what Jesus represents to each and every believer, to you and to me. Let's look at the four names in Isaiah 9 verse 6. Jesus is a wonderful counselor to you. He wants to give you wisdom, direction, guidance in his plan for your life. Jesus wants you to know his plan for you and he desires to guide you in that path. Jesus is mighty God to you. And that means he has all the strength and might 
to give to you to meet the challenges in your life. Being a follower of Jesus is, is not an easy path. It wasn't for Jesus, and it's not for us either. But with the mighty God, we can overcome and become overcomers. Jesus is the everlasting Father. He is our Father, and we are His children. He gently cares for and guides His children. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's everlasting, an everlasting Father. And finally, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Where there is chaos and turmoil in your life, Jesus can speak peace. Peace, be still. His peace can be your peace as you put your trust in Him. Now, we could go through the same exercise with the names of the Spirit anointing Jesus. We read in Isaiah 11, verse 1. The same Spirit that anointed Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is available to baptize and fill every believer. Jesus was born to be King king of the world and king of each of our lives and so this christmas let's let's take some time to reflect back on the birth of jesus christ jesus the messiah had a supernatural birth born fully human and fully divine jesus christ was born according to god's plan planned from the beginning of time jesus was born to be king king of our lives and king of the universe and this same jesus is there for each one of us this christmas no matter what you're going through in life, Jesus has a plan for you going forward. You're not on your own as you put your trust in him. He will take you through. With Jesus the Messiah, you can be an overcomer in life. Now this morning, I want to give each person listening an opportunity to repent and become a follower of Jesus. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and, and to be born again. Or perhaps you've wandered away from the Lord and you want to recommit your life this morning. I'd encourage you to pray along with me as well. To become a believer, you have to do three things. First of all, admit that you've sinned. Turn away from that sin and repent. Secondly, believe. Believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead. And finally, see, commit. Commit your life to following Jesus as your Lord. So let's pray together. Father, today... I admit that I've sinned. I repent. I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross that I might be forgiven. Forgive me, please. I believe you rose from the dead. Come into my life and I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. Let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for breaking into history with the birth of your son, Jesus. 2,000 years ago. This Christmas, we worship you by showing your great love to us, by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. We're in awe of your plan to send Jesus foretold by the prophets long ago. We thank you that Jesus is now installed as King of Kings of the universe. And as believers, we choose to be loyal and faithful to follow Jesus, our King. We ask that Jesus would be the wonderful counselor to all who need your wisdom today. We pray that Jesus would be the mighty God to everyone who needs your strength. May Jesus Christ be the everlasting Father to those who need the Father's never-ending love. And this Christmas season, we all, we all need the peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. Overrule any worry, any anxiety, any fear in our hearts and replace them with your peace. Fill our hearts with joy this Christmas as, as we worship you. 
Give us opportunities to tell others about this Jesus, Jesus the Messiah who came to save us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now, if you made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. We'll pray for you, offer you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are open at 10 a.m. at 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at give.lcstl.org. You're encouraged to uh, help us reach more people for Jesus. And next Sunday, we begin a new, we continue our message series, Jesus the Messiah, with the message, Jesus the God-Man. And I invite you to join us then. And so God bless. Have a great week. Worship Jesus, the reason for the season.